Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck at service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service on top of that. Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the john DePetro show folks it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website depetro.com it's monday it's also victory day and I think this is, to me, this is one of those holidays. Um, hope everyone had a good weekend. Boy, this heat is just so oppressive. It is unrelenting with the heat. But as far as Victory Day, you know, I know there was a protest yesterday and these people saying never again and Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You have to go back to, uh, that. that is so disingenuous. It also completely ignores, uh, there are many people that are listening right now that know history that know that number one the Japanese they were never going to surrender they were never going to surrender and that means that the war would have dragged on and it would have been um, thousands of more American lives that's number one number two we were also in a race it was a a race of who was it that was essentially going to have the bomb first and if we had not ended the war there's no guarantee that they would not have uh, come up with it and then that certainly would have been a completely different scenario. But I think it's it's really um, unfair. And if anything, it's um it it was it, it was also it it's just disingenuous to announce it that way. That somehow, you know, uh, never yet no, of course no one wants to see anything like that again. But you you, you can't ignore the fact that and is you know, as, as people have said in the past, uh, there wouldn't have been uh, Hiroshima or Nagasaki if there hadn't been a Pearl Harbor. So that was one of those situations. You know, they, we were going along. Uh, you know, they, they started that. They certainly started that war, uh, World War II, and, and it was the way to end the war. But anyone that has followed it and really knows, knows that, or is, is, is well aware, I should say, is that the Japanese had no intentions of, of surrendering. They were, they were never going to surrender. So a couple of um, news on this Monday. Number one, something that is drawing quite a bit of attention, that over the weekend, the person who is the majority leader, leader majority leader, Kevin McCarthy, when the Republicans take over the House in the fall, Nancy Pelosi will be out, and Kevin McCarthy will be the new speaker. And Kevin McCarthy was in Rhode Island over the weekend, and Kevin McCarthy came to Rhode Island to show his support for former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung and the fact that uh, the Republicans feel very good about this. Now, there's so many positives. As a matter of fact, I just there, there's no negative with it. Certain members of the media are upset because Channel 10 was given an exclusive on it and they had a chance to talk to him and good for them. So that upset some of the other media. But the Republicans are going to take the House. Now it's just a matter of whether or not we would have a seat at the table, that we would be represented. Kevin McCarthy can steer an awful lot of uh, Republican money as far as for the election, could certainly steer a lot of that here. The fact that he came in, Rhode Island has not been this poised for a win in Congress. You have to go back to, think of this, 1994 was the last time it was Ron Makeley who was in office. 
And granted, you know, uh, there were some good runs against uh, Cicilline for a Kennedy seat, but you'd have to go back to um, 94. And, and what this would be so significant if the Republicans, if Alan Funk could win that and, number one, be a Republican in New England from Rhode Island, also an Asian-American, Kevin McCarthy would want to make sure he's a star. Kevin McCarthy would want to make sure that he gets reelected. The hardest, the the uh, the most opportune time to take someone out is their first reelection bid, and it's like that for the Senate, and it's also it's like that uh, in in the House, and so the big elections, if if Mayor Fung can pull this off, then a big battleground would be twenty twenty four that he would you know then seek to get reelected. But let's just talk about that. There's nothing to apologize for. It is a huge compliment. It says a lot about Cranston Mayor Alan Funk. They look at this could start to rebuild the Republican Party in the state. Folks, one of the things that we don't have is balance. And a perfect example of the lack of balance that we have in this state is something that the other Democrat opponents are not going after. But I want to give credit to Kathy Gregg of the Providence Journal is highlighting the fact that this week, Governor McKee, with your money, taxpayer money, is sending all state workers checks for $1,500. So let me ask you this on this Monday, this very hot Monday in August. How would you feel about if someone were giving you, for no reason, for no reason, he's doing it, it's, a, it's, it's political bribery. They first announced this is going to be vaccine incentive uh, bonuses, and then when they realized that that was ridiculous about it. They changed it to retention bonuses. So it is um, it is a joke. It is a complete abuse of power. In just a short period of time from when he came in in March of last year, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, the word that just comes to mind is slippery. He is, uh, you know, and he, he is, he's certainly not who I thought he was. Uh, he has proven himself to be, they are so reactionary and you know, there's always something a little hidden, and there's there's a reason for everything. He's also very vindictive on things, but but the reaction of um, but the fact that he's giving out your money, taxpayer money, to state workers, just as a little incentive. Now, that 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 doesn't guarantee they're going to vote for him, but it certainly doesn't hurt. What it does is it kind of uh, reflects this attitude of like, let's keep the party going. That's more the the mindset and the mentality, right? Like, isn't this great? You know, let's, we have all these state jobs and everyone gets a state job and let's get your son a job and let's get your nephew a job and let's get your brother-in-law a job and get them on the state payroll and then we're going to give out bonuses and then we're going to help your package and you're the privileged class. Like, let's keep the party going. Doesn't this sound great? Don't you want to have it this way that no one has to worry about employment and the state always guarantees it? That is the complete wrong. He is... That is uh, so wrong to do to the taxpayers, and nothing the McKee people can say can uh, alter that, uh, can remedy it in any way. Uh, it's, it's completely wrong. It's unnecessary. Then they were saying, oh, it's, it's retention bonuses. Retention bonuses given out to judges who have lifetime tenure on the benches. But it started with McKee, and it started with the $3,000 to each Providence uh, school, each teacher in Providence, and then if it's, if it's, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, if you're going to give it to them and every other union worker, then they all want their $3,000. What Governor McKee did was he gave them 1500 in time for their Christmas shopping and now another 1500 as early voting starts in two weeks. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely unethical. It's wrong. It is uh, completely misleading to tell us that it's necessary retention bonuses. When's the last time? Anytime there's a state job that opens, you have to know someone to get the job and have some kind of a sponsor. It's not like they have jobs they can't fill. Think of the number of people, maybe you're listing right now in the private sector, and you just can't get workers. Without question, anyone that's had to deal, think of how, um, you know, we went out to having dinner just the other night, and service, they can't get, you know, you can't get mad because they just don't have the workers. They can't get the staff. Uh, they're all understaffed. They have to put up with a lot of mediocre-type workers. And, um, and it's hard for business to try to, to do that. And this also, by the way, this also started with the 
the Biden agenda. You know, as far as President Biden, and, and to me, there's a lot of parallels with him and Governor McKee. Um, but let them continue to think that that President Biden is doing. They're trying to say Biden had a great week. You know, maybe he can be the guy for 24 and everything else. There's an unethical, they don't respect taxpayer money. They don't, uh, that was like uh, President Biden, you know, doing the whisper to the businesses. You're going to have to pay them more, like that whole thing. It's so annoying. But Governor McKee continues the state of emergency. Why? Well, we just want to keep all this federal money flowing in. It's not responsible. It's certainly not necessary. It's total abuse of the system. I think that one of the, the things that we have seen with Governor McKee in office for someone who wasn't elected, it's abuse of power. It's a complete abuse of power of the um, the office of governor. He does not respect taxpayer money, that's for sure. Uh, and they're just throwing money all over the place to try to win the primary. So I would still say, I don't care, huge win for Mayor Fung. Uh, the media and certain opponents are trying to beat up on him. The fact that Kevin McCarthy came in here, he is a uh, speaker-in-waiting and was willing to do that for Mayor Fung, uh, shows just how serious they are about the race how uh, much they're behind him, and what a big win uh, this could be for the state if, in fact, he can get over the finish line. All right, folks, it's Monday. It's still hot, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 folks you are listening to the John DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's AM 1380 99.9 FM you can always listen online at our website petro.com it's time for our segment politics this week joining me he is the managing editor anchorising.com it is our friend justin katz and Justin, i'd like to start off with the uh, speaker in waiting house majority leader kevin mccarthy was in rhode island over the weekend apparently in for a fundraiser with mayor fung kind of a well not kind of a very hush hush visit he was on fox and friends on friday and that's when he dropped he was kind of going over his schedule out loud on fox and friends and and said, I'm going to be in Connecticut, I'm going to be in Rhode Island, I'm going all over, blah, blah, blah. So I want to get your thoughts on the visit. Um, he tweeted out a picture of himself and Mayor Fung. The Fung camp have been silent, and then somehow an exclusive was arranged with uh, Gene Velicenti of Channel 10. So Channel 10 got the exclusive. So anyone that's been following social media, uh, other members of the media are very upset about that. Um, even though, as Dan McGowan points out in Roadmap today, that when Kamala Harris came in, she somehow sat down exclusively with Channel 12. I think that was an a, a exclusive that was kind of negotiated through Commerce Secretary Raimondo. So I'd like to hear your thoughts, though, on the uh, McCarthy visit over the weekend. Well, it creates a very interesting situation. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure... Well, I, I think I know why the Fung camp would be quiet about it, but I'm not sure it's a good idea. And I, I think that relates to the, the news media coverage. I mean, Fung being quiet, a lot of the articles are about the visit are 75% the spin of Fung's opposition. That's so right. this this visit, if, if, if he's going to be quiet about it, he's going to invite that kind of space without any kind of response and, and make it seem like he's guilty. I mean, it's really no surprise the, the local Democrats and the news media, which is in some regards uh, redundant, uh, they they think it's just wrong to be Republican. And so there, there's just something wrong with, right. with Republican, period. It doesn't matter. Right now they say, oh, he's a MAGA, he's a MAGA Trump supporting congressman. Well, no, not really. OK, but they'll they'll say whatever they think they need to say to make it seem like you just shouldn't associate with national Republicans. And. 
Rhode Island Republicans have kind of gone along with that for way too long, where, yes. where the the attitude is kind of, I'm a Republican just because I can't be a Democrat. And so I'm, I'm slightly more conservative and, and I, the party and, and the Democrats are corrupt in Rhode Island. So I'm a Republican. That's sort of their line. And it's not a very good sales line to say we're just we're just a little bit better as an alternative than the opposition when you can't stand them. You know, it's, you really need to say we have a positive vision. This is why I'm a Republican. And one of the big reasons, as Susanki well pointed out well at yes. the end of all the articles, this guy is going to be the Speaker of the House. That's right. You like him or not, that's the that's the reality. And that is a major selling point. And so what's, what's amazing to me uh, well, is that the, the news media is turning Fung's greatest selling point, in my view, into a liability. And they're doing it deliberately. And he's helping them by, by being quiet about it. But I think that's really what he ought to be promoting. Yes, look, this is a mainstream guy. He's going to be the, probably the head of the one of the branches of the federal government in just a few months. We should be in with him. It's not about you know whether I'm a moderate Republican or or whatever. I, so I think that's that's what kind of is is surprising to me. And there, you know, as far as other news media critics are are being up in arms about Channel Ten getting an exclusive with them, you know, what to me it's just what a bunch of hypocrites. I mean, they they're treating McCarthy as if he's some some sort of sinister national villain, and yet yes. they want they they want in on the. On the interview, they they want in on those those views and their crack at them. So it's, it's it's all just kind of kind of silly in that way. Well, first of all, and I want people to understand uh, one of the reasons I enjoyed uh, speaking this segment, politics this week, is we with Justin Katz. Is that is excellent assessment. Uh, there's a, a, a lot to unpack there. First of all, you're exactly right. Susie Yankee had a good quote. Notice that was at the bottom of the article by Ed Fitzpatrick in the Globe, which is newsflash. Whether he, whether Alan Fung wins CD2 or not, Kevin McCarthy will be the speaker. I want people listening to understand this was major. This shows that they really, this is how the party is signifying that this is a winnable seat. They would like to, as he says, help him get over the finish line. This was a big win. And, and Justin, you know, some of the comments on, on social media, there's, there's someone that put out like, oh, who's coming in next for Fung? Alex Jones? You're exactly right. That's how they view someone like this. This is a win. This would put Rhode Island with a seat at the table. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, I mean, think how difficult that is. He is speaker in waiting. They only need five uh, House seats to flip the House. So it doesn't matter, Seth Magazine, we must stop this. this it's, there's no way it's being stopped. He will be. But I agree with you. The the silence is almost acting. This is how someone acts like like when they have done something wrong, which is they kind of go into the the bunker. They're silent and they just don't talk, you know, people then they don't want to talk about something. And I agree with you. I I think that the silence is being mishandled. So they're allowing the media uh, to kind of shape this and it, it shouldn't be shaped into a negative. No, definitely. And I mean, I think what it comes down to and one area where hopefully at least Susanki's comment, hopefully she's kind of indicating here. A lot of the Republicans in the past 20, even 30 years have kind of looked at it as if they need to manage their party. They're they're just trying to thread the needle and it's worked for some of them. But they really what they've let slide. And and now it's a desperate need, as as every other race in the state shows, uh, is to change the story. You have to make it okay. I mean, even even in a detail, it was I I believe it was held at the the fundraiser was held at the home of one of the Tascas from from all the car dealerships, even that fact promoted. You could picture everybody involved being kind of like, oh, let's keep it quiet. I don't want any pushback. But most Rhode Islanders will see, oh, I know the name Tasca. They're all over Rhode right. Island. They must, sure. that's a respectable family. This is, yes. this is not some crazy guy. This is actually just politics as usual. Okay, good for fun. I mean, that's, I think they, they really ought to be, be emphasizing that to change the narrative so that it is okay to to be to be a republican i i almost i laughed out loud actually in the, in the ed fitzpatrick um article he was interviewing providence college political science professor adam myers who said something like uh fung will be part of a national party leadership in, in the republicans that's going to have very different propri- priorities than the democrat leadership <laughs> i mean yeah, that's why they're so. going to be in the majority. You would hope yes. so. And that, but the, that's the point. The leadership of the Democrats will be out of power. And so there's there's just so many uh, great lines and great turnabout in a debate 
that you could do, Fung could do, or Republicans generally could do, that they really just have to start saying, yeah, this is who we are. These are This is what we believe. And it's good to believe that. It's good that this guy's coming here to, to make our state relevant in the country again. I mean, that's that's really where they need to go with this instead of just, you know, I, I almost can't just decide with the news media whether it's it's completely partisan and they're just trying to hurt the Republicans or they've just gotten this kind of group thing where story this is the narrative it's always been the narrative and they can't get out of that box but it's up to Republicans to get them out of that box or force them out of it by making good points that people will will respond to uh, folks again our segment is politics this week with me is Justin Katz managing editor anchorising.com right now we are we are talking about House Minority Leader uh, Kevin McCarthy came into Rhode Island on Saturday did a fundraiser for Transmayor Alan Fung and his bid to win that Landsman seat and Justin, what people need to understand, and I agree with you, I, I, I think the punk people should be pushing back. But, the, the, you know, this it sounds like a strategy to just kind of be silent about it. And they feel a little just kind of blow over. But this is a positive. This is I mean, I, I was even trying to think the last time any significant Republican visited the state. I think you have to go to 2016 when Trump, you know, did that rally at Crown Plaza. They normally, you know, they don't come in because they don't view it. This, this that's a huge deal that he came in. That means he's vested in the race. Um, they they obviously you know want to see uh, Mayor Fung. They feel it's it's a winnable seat. And this hat in hand almost apologizing. I I I disagree with it. It's kind of the way Seth Magaziner and the crew they make a huge deal that Mayor Fung, a Republican, went to Washington D.C. for the inauguration of the Republican president, and so, it was cold out, and someone gave him a Trump hat. And they, they make a huge deal, like he committed a sin or like he committed a crime. What was he supposed to do, wearing a Hillary hat? I mean, Jack Reed was at a, that inauguration. Cicilline was at that inauguration. I think they should be pushed back. And immediately, you know, for the – whether it's Seth Magazine or Sarah Morgenthal, and, and it's almost like the local media gleefully printing all their quotes. I think what also a lot of the public won't understand – is that part of that is that they're just upset that they got excluded uh, from getting a chance to talk to him because, you know, and we had talked about when, when Mayor Fung was recently on Newsmakers, the first question's on January 6th. The second question is about, you know, do you believe the big lie? The third question is, do you think Trump should be indicted? The fourth question is, do you think he's going to run in 24? The fifth question is, would you vote for him and want his, I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with current day. It's question after question is is kind of following. I want to give you the, the final word on this. Do you think at this point Team Fung should just stay in the bunker and let it blow over? Or should they um, come out and, and say something and push back on uh, Susie Yankee? You're right in the, in the Ed Fitzpatrick piece. He, she, she, I thought I give her credit. She had the best quotes on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the Fung camp should should reevaluate and, and start putting out tweets of his pictures with McCarthy and, and make the point. It's important that we're relevant. I mean, in a few a few years ago, Rhode Island, unfortunately, joined the National Popular Vote Compact, which means if, if whoever wins a national vote, Rhode Island's uh, electoral count for the president would go toward that person, no matter who Rhode Islanders vote for. And one of the excuses is that it'll make Rhode Island relevant. It won't. But this shows Rhode Island can be relevant. As you just said, the Republicans don't come here because Rhode Island is not relevant. Democrats only come here because there are a lot of rich Democrats they can get money from. That's the only reason they come here. We we want to be relevant. And the only way to be relevant is to actually think for yourselves and have a vote that can actually be won by either side. That makes you relevant. And so there's a lot of ground uh, Fung could gain by, by simply saying, look, normalizing being Republican. I mean, you probably shouldn't put it that way, but I mean, it's, it's normal to be Republican. Many people, thousands, thousands of Rhode Islanders even are Republicans. They have a voice. They have a good thing to, good things to say, and we should support that. And we should have a voice in Washington. I mean, to me, that is his strongest argument. I will be in the majority. And even if I weren't, at least I, we, Rhode Island would have representation in both parties. I don't understand why that's a bad thing in some people's minds. Yeah. And the aggressiveness of the media, um, you know, we saw recently, I know it's not a perfect analogy, but Tierra Mack, you know, was treated locally with the media by kid gloves. And when she was ready, you know, to get through the week, then when she was ready to sit down, you know, Channel 12 did a very soft gloved interview with her. Uh, you almost wonder that there's, there's, there's definitely obviously a bias, but a double standard that, you know, the, the Republican Party, they are very excited that that New England, 
potentially could have a Republican person in Congress, and it would be an Asian American. Uh, he would be a, a national figure. I've even heard talk that if he won, they might have him deliver the Republican response uh, after the State of the Union in February. That's how excited they would be about a Republican right in the heart of New England, and let alone it would also be an Asian American. But um, but I, I'm I'm not sure. I don't think it resonates so much with the public. But the media is certainly uh, going to town on uh, this Kevin McCarthy visit. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Justin Katz, Politics This Week, right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net to the John DePietro Show. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, now let's stay with the CD2 race that um, right now, Seth Magaziner, who uh, filmed a commercial, he's not even in front of his own home in the 2nd District. I, I, I'm surprised the media's not going after him more, but uh, it still remains. David Siegel, Joy Fox, Sarah Morgenthau, uh, those four, I, I, unless someone drops out of the race, and we're very close now, I, I just don't see anything that has shifted that's going to change the dynamic of that race. Yeah, it's a, it's raises one of those questions of, you know, it's a mystery sometimes why some of these people run. I mean, I get Morgan Thaw's a very Washington insider. Siegel's an activist. Uh, Joy Fox is, is kind of a mystery. I, I, it makes you wonder, you know, whether... Uh, somebody somebody just wants her to run and is kind of backing her in the in the background, or she's angling mm. for some kind of job. Uh, but she, I think, she and Morgenthau do kind of take a similar lane in that they both have such low re- name recognition that their their own the vote that they're splitting is just people who want to vote for a woman no matter what it would right. seem. And so if if one of them were to to throw their weight to the other, that would that would help. I. I tend to doubt it's going to be enough although morgan thought that, i mean she did have cory booker back recently and she her lane is really the um the washington insider i mean i think it was a providence journal asked all of them whether biden should run again for president and she was the only one that gave a clear yes definitely so it kind of gives away that that's that's who she is where she's from but i i agree with you that the the magaziner uh picture in front of a house that wasn't his own is, is kind of a an unforced error and it, it's a kind of thing you're right if, if if you flip the parties it would just be i mean if, if alan fung didn't live in the district and he took a picture with his family in front of somebody else's house that would be all the news everywhere and it's just it just shows you that they're they really are taking seth magaziner's request to heart that they help they help him get over the finish line well, you do wonder, you raise a good point. You have to wonder at this point if maybe Joy Fox ends up working. Uh, or, you know, the, the, the deal is that if Magaziner wins and then wins the general, that then, you know, she's working for his office on Capitol Hill. And maybe, and people need to understand, you know, these things happen. Uh, it's also, uh, I've heard that like none of them want to fully, how would you say it, annoy or really go after Magaziner because at this point, Justin, the window was closing, and in, in you know it, the the large field has always benefited him, and the large field does benefit him. Um, he's better in the large field because he has that automatic, as opposed to it would just be a layup. But the the Kate Coin McCoy, I think you would agree. I mean, there is someone she is not afraid to get rough. She's with Sarah Morgenthau, and um, 
boy, if they're going to turn it on, it's got to be the next couple of weeks. But I, I think what, what hurts Sarah Morgenthau, by the way, we're also not seeing them debate, haven't seen them debate at all, uh, mm. which is uh, peculiar. But um, if there was going to be a time to turn it on, I think what just ends it is the fact that Joy Fox remains in the race. So Sarah Morgenthau just can't get that momentum as um, the, you know, the only female in the race. Yeah. And, and well, Morgenthau, from the beginning, I haven't really seen her value proposition. I mean, her, no. her very first commercials were all, look, I'm a Washington insider. I know these people. I mean, it, nothing about Rhode Island. No, So it's, it's, she's never, she hasn't been very, I guess, active. Um, and it'd be, I don't, I don't know that any of them, I haven't looked at the polling recently, but I don't know that any of them is close enough that negative camp a negative attack on magaziner would be worthwhile because right. it, it just wouldn't close the gap and it would make them look bad like they're hurting their own team so it, it does it kind of it makes you wonder it's, it's fun to speculate they're all angling for for some kind of job or somehow to get along i don't know why they wouldn't back out of it now but you know these things do happen you could write the political thriller where joy fox calls up magaziner and says hey i want to get out of the race uh, how about i endorse you and he says no 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 stay in it you're helping me with margenthal you know right it's, so yeah. it's entirely possible that that that's that's the story behind the story otherwise i don't know unless unless i'm just you know relatively poor so i don't understand how how rich people like to spend their money running for office because it's fun or something but other than that it just becomes a mystery yeah and um and joy fox she's running a, a campaign almost it's more akin to if she were running there were people uh running for just like a, a state office that that seemingly have or like a you know for for rep or state senator that are running like a more aggressive campaign if you will than, than she is i mean that is yeah. um whatever made her think yeah i think i'll run for congress sarah morgenthal you know every time she mentions the mother and the grandfather i think there's a sense of entitlement this is what we do uh but they they don't have a handle she's never lived here full year round and so it just isn't automatically handed to you now pivoting into the governor's race justin katz nelly Gorvea released a poll that showed that she's the front writer Kind of running, as I've been mentioning, though, a stealth campaign. She is up with new ads that highlight the name Nelly again. Uh, curious your thought on the Nelly campaign commercials and the fact she's re releasing data that shows that she's the, the front runner right now in the Democrat primary. Well, you know, it wasn't many weeks ago she released internal polling that showed her, in, I think, in the lead at that point even. And uh, we were rightfully kind of skeptical. But since then, we've had polling that wasn't internal polling that kind of confirmed that. So it's 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 definitely much more believable now. Although on the fundraising side, uh, folks is way ahead of both McKee and Gorbea, who are, are taking in about the same amount of money. Uh, so it's 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 an interesting dynamic there. And I think folks and, and McKee splitting a vote is, is a significant piece of Nellie's lead it's still in the 20s so it's not as if she's got a clear even a clear plurality if it were the race were to close in the two front runners so to speak uh, but I, I think her campaign probably knows that as the their commercial shows I mean it was it was emphasizing Nellie but the 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 emphasis of all the text was I know Nellie so it's all people around Rhode Island who know her she's she's right. part of the Rhode Island family and and that's kind of McKee and folks are, are getting kind of the older, more run-of-the-mill Democrats, maybe more moderate. And so her her emphasis, although there, there was a big point about abortion, but her emphasis is on, you know, kind of meat and potatoes issues and economic development and school for kids and stuff that everybody can get behind. That said, so I think that I think their the, their commercial was correctly targeted. That it was poorly done because it was a little bit too flashy and high and and very distracting so i think the audience they're going for which is probably a little bit older a little bit more um more calm in their their habits uh they they ran with the wrong kind of ad but i think they're targeting the right people and they know that they need to get in edge into mckee and folks's area of the more moderate people who think one of them might be better able to to keep the state running and, and help with businesses folks again our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com justin i also want to give credit kathy greg of the providence journal <clears throat> uh, correctly points out so then the second wave of the three thousand dollars that governor mckee is giving the state workers so they got uh 1500 back i believe in december for christmas and now they're going to be getting, I think it's going to be released this week that they're getting their second $1,500 check. 
I, I just want to be very clear. I think this is complete abuse of power. This is taxpayer money. The reason the Democrats in the race are not making more of it because of they don't want to alienate the state workers, the union members that are getting this. But I uh, two things on this. I think the media should be more aggressive about it. And I also think I think Ashley Kalis is completely missing the boat by not making this a bigger deal, because right now, who would not? And I can't believe the talking points because I've posted on this and some of the state workers are like, well, when you take taxes out, it really is only like one thousand dollars. And we work hard and there's other people like blah, blah, blah. It, it is wrong. It's to me, it's basically like bribery. Um, it is one of those things that resonates and people can understand. They're not going to understand green energy. They're not going to understand who's the child advocate. But what would resonate with the voters is he's handing out $3,000 checks to get state workers to vote for him. Continues this legacy of the privileged class of your state worker. You're above and beyond a regular worker. And uh, I, I just I don't think enough is being hammered home that people are surprised every time I post on it. And I just posted on it over the weekend. Yeah, that, that is interesting. And I, but I think you're, you're exactly right that both the, the other poli- Democrat politicians and the news media, they're, they're sympathetic to the state workers and they don't want to alienate yeah. them. They don't want them getting angry about, about the criticism for, for their little extra bonus. And I, I think I did see Kalis didn't have a comment on it. And, you know, it's, she's an interest in an interesting position here because I, I think her camp and the evidence and the, and the statements they've released in the, in the recent weeks, the evidence is that they want McKee, they want to run against McKee. They want him to win the primary so that sure. she can go up against him. And so it's almost, it, it is a, reasonable argument to be made that they should keep their their powder dry on some of these these easy hits because right. they, if mckee if mckee if they hit him now he might lose the primary in which case they're going up against say folks maybe and in which and case it's yeah, yeah exactly they don't want that because so that's too much of a contrast a keep him in yeah the exactly yeah. <laughs> let him let him go Good a little strategy. bit you know when when the, when the reporters ask we'll make a statement but we're not going to run a commercial about you know uh, about really hammering on this because then they're just helping other primary contenders who would be harder for her to beat. Um, Folks, uh, quick break, much more ahead. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com right here on the John DePietro show. J Perry paving folks. You can depend on J Perry paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service over 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving the Senadale Revival. Stop it and see them comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Senadale Revival. Located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Senadale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Senadale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com. Justin, we also learned late last week, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. So, I, and I had said when she debated on that Channel 12 debate, she was very unsteady. She was not sure how to defend Governor McKee. I, I'm also going to say, I don't mean this in a mean way, in a vindictive way. It's certainly no overtones to it, but at times she came across to me like she could not understand some of the questions and you know she started speaking very quickly english is her second language i think the best example this was tim white was trying to allude to the fact that when she was chosen there were some challenges with that process because 
you know, people first they wouldn't show the list and they would show the list. And and she was like, yes, we had challenges when I took it. Like, that's not what the question was. Well, they've pulled the plug on it. It's like they've seen enough. Um, I have a real problem with this simply because she wasn't even elected. And it's really they watched one debate. They realized that she's not up for it. Uh, what is your reaction to Lieutenant Governor Sumita Matos announcing she's not doing any more debates? She wasn't even elected lieutenant governor. Yeah, she she really shouldn't be doing debates. And a lot of the she should be out in the public. And, you know, you don't see I haven't seen her talking much. You know, you don't no. really see that. It's a very controlled kind of campaign. And, you know, it was before even before this debate. I mean, you, you recall she was going after me as an excuse not to debate um, yes. Rogerios on one of the on one of the local more conservative shows. Um, but so she didn't want to debate Toronto 12 got her to. And I think you're right. And she, she had some trouble with that format. She doesn't, it's, she can be difficult to understand, which as we, as we discussed last week, it's, you know, it's, it's not her fault. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. And there's, there's nothing racist about noticing it. It's just, it can be frustrating for voters and that can have a negative effect just psychologically. When you can't understand somebody, it's harder to, to get excited about voting for them. And so I, I, you can definitely see, and, and Michael Rea, her spokesman, talking as if, oh, she's got a very busy schedule as lieutenant governor. I mean, it, it, that's a laugh line right there. The lieutenant governor does nothing. Right. Uh, she, she should be have all kinds of time. Some people have said over the years, the whole purpose of lieutenant governor is to free people up to run for governor. So she, she ought to be able to. But there's, you know, strategically, all of those difficulties also add into the kind of more standard political analysis strategically she's got nothing to gain i mean rogerio is not well known so any kind of debate she can get in is a benefit to her and yes. mendez the political co-op uh, candidate is is like a, a an accusatory child on these things yeah. so you don't want to just give her a, a forum to come attacking people irrationally uh and knocking you off so so even putting aside language barriers and all that it, it would be reasonable for from the Matos campaign to say, yeah, let's just not give anybody that, that benefit. But I think you're right as a moral uh, and a res just responsibility as an official uh, in a, a public office, albeit not elected to it. She has a responsibility to be out there and to be visible and to be talking and to let people get to know her. And I think it really resonates weirdly with the whole identity politics, because in some ways it's it's almost like they're saying the lieutenant governor should be seen and not heard. You know, just yes. we're, she we're, we don't we don't we don't bring her out much. She's doing nice little <laughs> photo ops and stuff, but she she's just just there for the pictures. I mean, that's almost the message that gets sent. And you can bet. If the if the news media weren't so in in to the so afraid of the progressives and so involved with the Democrat Party, that would be a major concern. And you know, I hate to keep going back to the you know, if a Republican did it thing, but you could imagine a, a very similar situation on the Republican side of the ticket, where they had something similar. The questions from the reporters would be. Hey, why are you hiding your lieutenant governor? Is it That's because right. she's she's a minority? Is it are you embarrassed about her? What what's the deal here? She's a, there would be stories about the the unheard lieutenant governor of the Republican governor. And I mean, it's just that's where they would go, and and it just shows you how tangled up they are with the ideology and the politics of it all. That is an excellent point, and about Cynthia Mendez, I I agree. Who, you know, the other two, uh, both her and Deborah Giro, they, you know, the clock is ticking. They need these, but. Mike Rea, he is, uh, you know, the king of the ridiculous statements and the fact she's, <laughs> she's too busy in a job that has no job description is, is just yeah. ludicrous. And uh, Justin Katz, also your thought that Governor McKee, and he should be getting more, but uh, they will he will not provide the subpoenas. So anyone on the staff or him, they feel it's privileged that she should not have to report to the taxpayers, to the media, really on whether or not he's been subpoenaed by the FBI, if anyone in his staff has been subpoenaed or questioned by the FBI. I noticed that uh, Mike Stanton jumped in and said, even during Operation Plunderdome, uh, they'd put in a public records request and Providence City Hall would comply with what records that the, you know, the FBI wanted, who was subpoenaed. Uh, McKee, to me, this, this completely fits him uh, to the T of, you know, just kind of laughs and goes along does not play by the rules, very, very slippery, just keeps hitting on the fact that, you know, Tony Silva didn't uh, didn't get a, didn't break the law. So therefore, he's he's off the hook. Yesterday, I'm watching Meet the Press. On comes the commercial, him playing cards with the mother in the kitchen. Hmm. Um, what, do you, what do you make of the fact of 
of McKee with this FBI probe. It's quiet, but it, only because to me, because he's not at a debate stage where he could and rightfully sh- so should be hit over the head about this FBI probe. Yeah, you know, these a lot of the good government laws they have this dark side that they can be spun, like the Open Meetings Act uh, and, and access to public records. You know, it's it's beside the point whether they can withhold the subpoenas themselves. I mean, it's not even really an, a record that people are asking for. They're just asking, have you been subpoenaed? And right. it's, it's entirely his option to provide the subpoenas. But it's it's certainly he certainly should say yes or no. This is a relevant issue. And as I've been saying all all along, I think he's just going and more and more I'm seeing that you're exactly right. This is just his style. It's his personality. It's the way he looks at his job. But he should from the beginning, everything he could he should be putting out there. Yes, I was subpoenaed. Here's what they were. Here's the information. Here's what I said. That makes it old news. So by the time anything comes along, it's, it's gone rather than this drip, drip, drip and being criticized by the ACLU and Common Cause for being secretive. I, I just don't understand it unless there's really something there, in which case, yeah, you've got to bury it until you and just hope you get through the election. But um, if there's nothing there, if it's just even if it were just you know run of the mill I tried to give a contract to my friends kind of legal corruption in Rhode Island, then even, even that you're better off just getting it, getting it off the table. And I, I don't understand why they'd rather have weekly biweekly stories on, on this little bit of information, that little bit of information. Uh, the, why is the governor being secretive? It's just, it's just their style. And I, I think it's it wrong. Is. And I, I think it's an indication of, of the fact that they're probably not well suited to run a state. No, no, I think that's been proven. He is, if I would say anything, uh, he is slippery. And I didn't see that before. I didn't see that. And the, the thing that also just stands out to me, Justin Katz, is he's another one. He wasn't even elected. He's just fulfilling, he's filling out Gina Raimondo's term because he happened to be the lieutenant governor. And it's the, 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 him and Matos, and by the way, and I had heard everything in the Matos administration goes up the chain and the key people have to sign off on it. And that's why they've had some turnover because when people get in there, they realize that they're just implementers to whatever any, there's no decisions being made. It all has to go through McKee. That was the deal she cut. And so it's somewhat frustrating to work in, but he's just got some nerve. He, I mean, he was appointed to fill out her term uh, when she left in March of, of last year, 2021 and and look at the chaos and fiasco that it's that it's caused, and uh, in, in resulting in an, in an FBI probe. And he, he still continues this mantra of uh, when it's all said and done, you came up nothing. And 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 he'd like to highlight he didn't break the law, not that he shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. Just you know, it's like uh, have you been a, a convicted of a crime? And the scene in Stripes when Bill Murray says convicted, no, no, I've never <laughs> been convicted of a crime. Finally, Justin Katz, the two uh, Democrat candidates for general treasurer, they um, debated. That is James DeYosa, the former mayor of Central Falls, and also Stephen Pryor. I'm just curious. I'd like to hear your thoughts and, uh, and just your viewpoint on, on that particular race between those two. Well, I, in some ways, it goes back to what we were just talking about with McKee and the $3,000 and how nobody wants to criticize them for it because they're all in with the unions. It, these two are very similar. I mean, yeah. it, you might you almost fall out of your chair when you see somebody like Stefan Pryor, who, who's been with the commerce the commerce he's been the commerce secretary so you'd think he'd have a focus on business and he's talking about the way he'd like to he'd like to get more money to pensioners uh by taking surpluses which means excess taxes and paying it into the 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 pension fund to get them over the threshold so they'll start getting their cost of living agreements again you know it's just a complete sellout he wouldn't even give when when he when they were asked to grade recent treasurers they both gave magaziner an a diosa gave Raimondo an a Raimondo was was Stefan Pryor's boss. She's the one who brought him to Rhode Island and she wouldn't wouldn't say anything more than high marks. He wouldn't he wouldn't give her a concrete A because he's he's sucking up to the the labor unions. That's right. But that's that's what this race is all about uh, is they just they treasurers about pensions, which is about the the unions and the unions now completely and utterly run the state. And so they're just competing for who can who can give enough give more to them it's it's really it really in some regards is discouraging but uh that's that's what it looks like it's just a race to represent the unions in the general treasurer's office that showed that is an excellent observation because what people need to understand is Stephen Pryor he wouldn't have the commerce job if it were not for Gina Raimondo and the Yale connection 
with uh, with the husband. And yet he looks to his right and he sees all the teachers unions that were upset and all of those state workers that will never forgive Raimondo for pension reform. And then in a situation like that, even though he wouldn't even be sitting there if it were not for her. And he's still, you know, his loyalty is to the present. Folks, again, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. It's Justin Katz. Justin, excellent, excellent job as always. And we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. Have a wonderful week. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get it's a happening all links to the show plus if you ever miss any part of the show it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com home again consignment located governor francis shopping center fine furniture art antiques glassware jewelry buy sell or sell in consignment and estate sales are provided it's home again consignment call john 401-463-3310 again located right in warwick in the governor francis shopping center home again consignment Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209